history with the podcast guy, Matt King. Hey everybody, thank you for listening to our podcast. Unfortunately, for some, our topics that we talk about may be offensive to some people. The topics that we discuss could also be triggers, and we want you to be aware of that. If you are in need of help, please talk to a professional, a family member, or a friend. We are not medical professionals, and we don't claim to be. We are just two guys with a microphone and a platform. Please listen with discretion. Welcome to This Time in History, guys. I'm Matthew, and I have an incredible guest today. Her name is Brooklyn Bowdler. She, I think I pronounced that right. She has a story like Hi. no one other. Welcome to the show, Brooklyn. Thank you so much. That's super kind to say that. Yes, thank you. And you said my name properly, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> Not everyone does. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we've been talking for a little bit, uh, uh, you know, between emails and stuff. And you have a story. It just it blows my mind. I'd love to hear it. Uh, maybe start with uh, where you uh, grew up and, and stuff like that. And ultimately, then I guess you can get into the meat of it. And then maybe, you know, tell us about uh, everything that's happened uh, uh, yeah. lately. That's a lot of me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, when I was four, my mom took me to Germany and then Croatia. Uh, she kept me away from my father and told me he was terrible. Turns out, not only was he not terrible, he was a huge record producer and started the rock walk and was a huge deal. And my mom was just really resentful he didn't marry her. <laughs> um, so that sucked. But, um, you know, so I haven't spoken to my mom. And um, uh, when I decided to write this book, you know, my dad's behind and my sister, my brother, everybody's behind with my mom because my mom knows what happened to me. Her brother hurt me. Uh, I was raped when I was almost 11. I'm sorry. And um, I, I, I believe, she, she of course admitted it happened. She walked in. But I believe it's uh, generational. I, I think she was hurt and didn't know how to express it. And I've tried so hard to just accept it. But when, you know, your your parent, I have three daughters and two sons. So if my child came to me and someone, you know, looked at, touched them or grabbed them or scared them in any way, I, I, I mean, bullied them. I mean, when my daughter lost her hair from cancer, I went to that school and I was about to, I, it's really the parents I want to get at. You know what I mean? And probably because when that happened and my mom walked in and she said, uh, I'll be back. She never came back. Turns out uh, she took my abuser to uh, a mental hospital where he did stay for two years. Doesn't make it okay. Um, it, you know, uh, it makes it about not tarnishing the family name. I think there was still a lot of taboo. I th there still is. And this is why the book is called It's All in My Head. Um, it's about overcoming trauma and me becoming a psychologist almost six years ago it, it's shocking because i'm only almost seven and a half years clean from heroin i made a i'm every statistic i was a teen mom i mean people think it doesn't happen uh, you know in the certain demographics but it does i was in a glass house it was beautiful it was big 
we had the big family name, right? My mom was a beautiful model. My second cousins, Angelie and Jolie. I, I just, all these things, you know, look so perfect, but it wasn't. I will say my dad's pretty perfect, and I'm really, I'm really blessed to have him. Um, but yeah, I, I, getting my psychology degree and helping anybody through trauma, particularly through the pandemic, the most important thing I want to say is trauma is trauma. You know, I didn't talk about what happened. I've been to eight rehabs, well, eight treatment centers. Two were trauma related and, and five were actually, well, five and a half, I left one early, <laughs> uh, were actually drug related. Um, even though I wasn't really an addict yet, but I knew something was wrong and I, I didn't want to be that way. I always had high expectations. I had good grades. I was a gymnast, I was a cheerleader. And I, I wanted to work with my dad and my dad is, I think 50 something years clean at this point. So he was in the Yardbirds, Stormer the Yardbirds. So clearly he kind of, you know, messed around with stuff. Would you all stop? I'm sorry, my dogs. Um, so I've been, I've been around a lot of things that should make me want to either ignore it or believe it didn't happen or just pass it by, right? Just say, okay, I have a good life. Happy life, financially secure, NBA player, husband, you know, ex-husband's a rock star, takes care of his kid. I have all the things everybody thinks they want, right? But I didn't have me. I was broken, right? And so it was super important not only to find out why and rip that root out, but to help others. I think that is the most important thing is to, to uh, pay it forward. Definitely. So it's okay. I'm so sorry. I'm it's, so it's sorry. All... I thought even my toddler would help. <laughs> I just want to say um, that I. I... Yeah, yeah I, think, I think paying it forward and, and realizing that trauma is trauma, or it's correct, losing somebody, rape, sexual abuse, no matter what that looks like, uh, abuse, abuse, neglect, uh, any type of abuse, uh, verbal, any type, domestic violence. I have a lot. I'm so sorry about my talk. It's okay. Taylor! Sorry, I'm so sorry. Um, I, I have a lot of, of women and, and actually a few young men since the pandemic that I work with. Uh, you know, the trauma of they thought they were going to be able to, during the pandemic, go to school and be scouted, right? And then school stopped for two years. And they were like, now what? How many are scouted? Now what? Right? That's traumatic when your whole life has to turn around. So I think it's important to stop comparing and realize that pain is pain. And it is the same receptors in, in your brain, the same fight or flight, right? Right. And I think that's the most important thing. And and the title, It's All in My Head, is because for so many years I was told, it's not that bad. It wasn't that bad. It's all in your head. And so that's where that actually came from. My mom, who's now my biggest fan, phrase <laughs> you know that's um, that's yeah. amazing i uh i, I want to let you know that how much i relate to you uh uh funny story well it's not fu well maybe it is i don't know uh my mom actually <laughs> uh kidnapped me away from my father when i was four years old but it turns out she made the right call because my father you know my father, he made a lot of bad choices, and he ended up doing four years for armed robbery. So, you know, my mom made the right choice then, but 
I guess yeah. the part that I didn't like is that she told me he was dead when he actually wasn't. And that was the part that I was angry about. Yeah, you should never turn one against the other because uh, I, I almost went to present myself. Uh, and it didn't make me a you know horrible person. That doesn't mean that anybody in prison is not horrible or isn't not. But you shouldn't judge. And people can change. And what happens to you, first of all, trauma happens to you. Okay, you don't cause it. Okay, and if you do things that you later have to forgive yourself for, that's fine. It's okay. It's okay. We work through it, right? And I work with plenty of, of mostly women, but I, I have like six or seven that have come out of prison, and you, they really have changed. We're talking like drug trafficking, like you know, all the, you know, all the things, I, uh, self-defense, murdering a husband under self-defense, but still had to go 12 years and a lot of things. And it doesn't make them who they are. Trauma happened to them and they were in fight or flight mode, mm -hmm. right? I can't explain why our parents take us away from the other parents or why they would deny the 50% of our DNA. Why would they ever want, even if our parents make mistakes, right? Why would they ever want to make us feel like we are not enough? I'm so sorry about my touch. So, it's all good, don't I'm worry. So I can. He was like obsessed. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, no, it's. it's I might have to. It, no, I'm no. I'm so sorry. It's, it's all can good. It, I can barely hear it. Okay, good. Um, I'm like hoping. Um, no, I, I just, you know, my thing is, my I call my he's my ex husband, even though we're best friends, and we sort of were trying to see go to therapy and see if it, you know, we can work through some things. Because really, it was my trauma that wasn't able. He is the best. I mean, he brings me lattes, and he's always helping with the kid. Like, I, I mean, I can't ask for anything better, right? It's my own trauma. And my first husband was almost 18 years older. And again, that's trauma, right? Uh, I, went, I went from that to that, right? I, I, you know, the person I was hurt by was in his 40s. And then I went to a 32-year-old at, you know, 15. It's not quite normal, right? Uh, he's a great person. We have a child. We have actually two. Um, and over time. So it, it, we've stayed friends. We have an older son who does not want to be in the book or not want to be mentioned because he doesn't want to be my first statistic. <laughs> um, and then we have an 11 year old who had cancer and she's actually completely blind. So sorry. there's a lot of trauma. And seeing my daughter go through trauma, I realized the anger, the frustration uh, when she had her brain tumor, even before the blindness, the brain tumor, the cancer, losing her hair, just the pain, the crying, the fear, you know, everything. I realized after this book, trauma is trauma. We, we've got to talk about it. We, we can no longer pretend. We just walk past it and just pretend we're okay. Okay, sure, we go to the mail in the morning. We can get to work. We can get our coffee. And we, we you know, we have those, speaking of the coffee, we have those <laughs> things we love and those comfort things, whether it's food or whatever it is. But until we pull out that root, I, I wouldn't be able to talk to you on a podcast. I wouldn't be able to honestly write a book. 
I'm going on a book tour in a month and a half. I would honestly be able to do that. And I will never, my father told me, truth, 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 be nice, be kind, nicest for fake people, <laughs> which is true when you think about it. Because yeah. kindness is like truth, right? Being nice is just like, hi, hey, how are you doing? Like, song. <laughs> and uh, don't snitch. He's outside Chicago. He can't help himself. But, um, <laughs> but you know, I, I think it's, we shouldn't just survive, right? We, we should thrive. Right? And God, I sound like Megan now. Eh. Um, <laughs> she got that for me. But anyway, um, for anybody who doesn't know, I went to high school with Megan Markle. <laughs> and when she said that, I was like, you, you know who heard me saying that. <laughs> but it's, it's true. I mean, it's, you know, it's fine. We, we hear things from people and we respect them for it. And, you know, we're cool. But uh, yeah, when she said that, I was like, girl. <laughs> That's in my book. <laughs> but no, it's very important for us to realize that we are not our trauma, which is so cliche, right? I'm like, really cruise. I'm so sorry. He's so annoying. Um, lovable, but really nice. Um, but we have to really understand that trauma happened to us. We did not cause it. It wasn't because I wore a bikini that day. It wasn't because I fell asleep on the wrong side of the house, right? All the, my mom's like, well, you shouldn't wear a bikini. Well, you shouldn't, you know, all these things people say to you because they don't want to make it as bad. Maybe my mom thought if she just sort of erased it from my memory, it wasn't that bad, but it was done. But the, just, just like the pain you've been through, right? You know, not knowing your dad or that he was dead. Like, what's done is done and, and it's hard to undo that right and so uh yeah we're not talking because um until she can really apologize and i don't know how you and your mom are doing but i, I really need accountability i i've gone through being i think being a psychologist too accountability is a huge part of what my clients well, have to learn to do right i'll just give you the cliff notes version i i I shut her out for a few years, but I did make up with her, and, and thank God I did because uh, in in 2019 she passed away. So I'm so sorry. It's okay. Um, it was really really rough. Uh, me and my my brother. Was it, was it was it were you there to help her? Or was it like fake or? So what happened was in the summer of 2018 she had a stroke, and she she had to go into a home because she lost all of her left side and mom had a stroke really young and she she was never able to recover from it and then when she was in that home uh her floor uh got a case of encephalitis or pneumonia i can't i don't know what it was and uh that's what she died of and uh you know my brother came up from uh her daughter yeah my brother came up from uh, where he was, and and we we mourned together. And then twenty one days later, he died. Oh my god! He literally dropped. I'm so sorry. He literally. I was just going to tell you, my husband got cancer a year after our daughter, and they both survived. But now I just feel absolutely horrible. No, I am uh, so happy that they survived. We need more. Uh, um, I hate the term, but we need more happy endings. And yeah. honestly, I know that my mother and my brother... 
I know that my mother and my brother are up there and they're proud of me. You know, I didn't I didn't start this podcast uh, until um Christmas time last year and I, and I wish I could have started it with them and you know, but I know that they're up there and they're 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 looking down and they're proud and I just want to carry on for them. Um Yes. I'm I'm actually you know, by the way, doing a podcast is really freaking hard. Um, I don't know how you'll do it. <laughs> I've had people come to me and say, Do you want to do a podcast? And, you know, I've walked through it. And I know people like, Oh, I couldn't write a book. So, you know, we all have our things that we, we can do. But the responsibility of a podcast, I was like, I don't know. And I have an assistant, I you know, my ex husband's so helpful. I mean, I have people, my assistant sitting right there staring at me. I have people left and right, you know, and I, I still am like, but I don't know how they do it. I don't know how y'all do it. It's, it's a, it is so, so wild. It's a lot of, it's, uh, it's a lot of pre-planning. Um, it's a lot of, uh, yeah, thankless hours, <laughs> you know, cause I do have a full-time job as well. So, I mean, uh, yeah. And we have three you kids. That, right? Yeah. Timing. And there, and That's even more amazing. Yeah. So, um, so your brother, so it was just you and your brother. Yeah, and then he he passed away uh, 21 days after she did. He literally, uh, he was in the psych ward because uh, he he suffers from uh, schizophrenia, and uh, he literally dropped dead next to a toilet while he was uh, hospitalized uh, in the psych ward. And um, I wondered if they gave him, uh, the psychologist that me comes out and uh, they give him the wrong meds. I, I don't, you know, you know, it's I'll never know because uh, the autopsy came back. Can't, yeah. The autopsy came back inconclusive, and then they tried to tell me, well, it was a heart issue. But then I've had conflicting reports about that. So, um, I've had I've had a doctor tell me, you know. I'll never be able to tell you how how he died, and I'm like, you can't tell that to me. Uh, I need to know. But I Unfortunately, guess. Unfortunately, psych wards, uh, they kind you kind of sign your life away, and and that's what I hate about it uh, because you didn't take away away anybody's rights, no matter what. Uh, because surely once he was stable, he would have been fine. So you should never take away anybody's rights or anybody's rights to know or you know whatever it is you needed to know uh, i don't like that they do that and that's something my daughter's going to school for political science and something we want to work on together is mental health and making sure that people have rights even if they have to admit themselves somewhere um that's that's okay let's take the stigma away that is responsible that is okay that doesn't make you less that it doesn't make you anything but just human and sometimes i love jim carrey said this about uh, robin williams uh and I, and I love jim but i love that he said this the noise got too loud right and it does sometimes for all of us right sometimes we just need a dang break you know whether it's netflix or we need to check ourselves in somewhere yes and i'll be honest i've had to check myself in somewhere I had to go somewhere for, thir- I think it was 13 days. I just, it got too loud. And um, and also I, I had to detox, but it was a lot. The world was a lot. And I hadn't handled my trauma 
and nobody was really understanding or supporting. And it wasn't until my mom and Dr. Phil, Phil is a friend of my dad's, and Phil said something happened to her. No one would lie about something that, like, her, she never changed her story. It's so vivid. Like, it, who's going to lie about something like and she didn't talk about it for so many years because she was afraid that you would say these things, even though you walked in on her. And uh, my mom admitted, you know, to it happening, uh, but she wouldn't talk about it anymore because that's all she had to do. Just had to admit it happened. And that's fine. And that's her choice. And, um, but my choice is to make sure no one feels alone, uh, no matter what their trauma is. Like your, your brother going through, but you're my big What you've been through with your brother and your mom, that is traumatic. Absolutely. And so we have to overcome it and, and, and pull out the root of it and realize that we are still here for a reason. You're doing this podcast, which is amazing. And and you have a purpose and you are living your purpose right now. And, and possibly because of what happened. And we're actually our trauma is what leads to our purpose, right? And we're actually uh, pushing it a step further because I've started a not-for-profit called uh, Triumph Over Trauma. Oh my! I started. Okay. I started. I started it. Um, if you don't mind, I'll put that in my book at the back, and where people, because I'm going to put like rain and other numbers and you know places people can where people can find help. If that's okay with you. Yeah, definitely. I would love to, that's like because <laughs> because here in Ontario, we have a serious lack of um, uh, mental health therapy or a lack of accessibility I to it. Does to be honest, I have to say. Yeah. And we have a lot of people that are suffering here, and so I have an idea that will provide free mental health therapy to the people of Ontario doesn't matter your income your race your gender nothing else matters you need the help we're going to offer it to you uh right now we're just in the starting phase I, I, we're, we're, actually I, I probably out of out of 60 something i have um i probably about 40 something get it for free it's i call myself the walmart <laughs> if, you, if you can't afford it I, I just want you to be okay right so we uh you know so right now we're just in the fundraising stage um, uh, to get the funds together in order to uh, finish the business plan and then uh, solicit private donations only. I um, the, the goal is if I ask the government for money, then they're going to come in and tell me how to run the show, and I don't want that. So I want only private donations, but first we need the business plan. And so we're going to be having a fun... Being Commonwealth or um, just in general, I'm just curious. I don't know much about Canada. Um, I mean, are the rules kind of like you know we have America is all about free speech and crap, but you know it's not really. <laughs> it's not really. Um, um, we have a lot of rules too. <laughs> um, so I'm just curious what how you know that like um, how you like just research or I, I've done I've done my fair share of research and I know that. If uh, if they contribute like to not for profits, it's usually with uh, strings attached with conditions. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I so. agree. I agree. So, do you have a? 
I hate, I'm not really into Facebook anymore, but I will go there. Do, are you going to be doing anything? Do you have a specific Facebook page, specific Instagram, specific just for Triumph and Trauma? Like, yeah, so we have, can, we, um, we have absolutely an, promote for you. We have an Instagram page called Triumph Over Trauma. And then from there, um, I have a link to uh, our GoFundMe. And, uh, you know, we're trying to raise the funds. We're trying to put on a comedy show in Toronto at the end of September. Oh, my gosh. I, and I'm trying, to get a, I'm, I'm trying to get a good headliner, but, like, everybody's on tour right now. <laughs> We've got it. Kevin Mark's a good friend. We've got to keep in touch because um, my husband is actually being the president of the film society here. He also has a production company. He's uh, produced uh, Ozark uh, one, one episode and uh, Sons of uh, Sons of the South, which is coming out next year, and a couple of Riverside, a couple of things that are coming out, um, a couple episodes, a couple of movies. But what I wanted to say is his partner is full-on comedian, had ran a comedy store, like a co- comedy store. I'm from LA, sorry, but he ran a comedy club in chicago and now runs one here in atlanta and so yeah we've got to keep in touch because byron would love this like he would love it definitely he's so supportive and um they are actually well my husband's my manager so (laughs) (laughs) and he's my husband's partner so their company manages me so definitely but he would love that i think that's great to bring comedy and, and i think people forget um even if we've been through pain, we still need to laugh. We still need to, doesn't mean make fun of the trauma. It means laugh about life and make sure that we don't lose ourselves, right? Definitely. So I completely agree with choosing comedy to fund what you're doing. I think that's perfect. Definitely. Tell me more about your book. When is it going to be out? I'm so interested. I, I want to buy a copy. Yeah, well, you'll get a free one, but um, <laughs> um, you'll get a free one. I'm, I'm getting a couple hundred free ones, so I'm definitely going to send all to my podcasters. But um, so it'll be out September 1st. It's called It's All in My Head. Um, we're just finishing up the last three chapters of editing. And actually, my sister came to visit and reminded me of a lot of abuse that happened as a child that I didn't really remember what she told me I remembered, but she uh, she was reading a chapter that's called Sither because I couldn't say it right so it was spelled S-I-T-H-E-R <laughs> um, and she's reading and crying and, she, and, and the main point is that she didn't go to college uh, until I'm crying but until she was 20 almost 23 because she was afraid to leave me and uh, of course after she left me it just it got more horrifying but um, my mom was not alcoholic and then my dad my, my sister moved to Los Angeles she got guardianship of me and then my dad got me when I was 15 um, but she refused to give me to my dad I think she's just so resentful that he was such a good man and you know come to find out he financially took care of her and he, I, I always wondered why I had such nice things and we had this big house and I was like you know, I always kind of wondered, but, you know, now I know. Um, but he was always a great man. But, yeah, my sister didn't leave for college. She was afraid. My brother did leave early because he was severely abused by a stepfather we had, not the one I kind of have now. They're not legally married, but not him. He's not a bad person at all. Um, he came later in my life, but 
a stepfather before I was really young, was very abusive to him, so he left at 15. Uh, he ran a skate shop, lived in Riverdale, and now he runs uh, actually one of the only restaurants on Yellowstone Park. He is uh, Yellowstone, he's, on the, he's on the Montana side, and uh, he runs the restaurant. He's a, a chef. That's and awesome. uh, my dad actually uh, took care of that financially and, and made sure that he could do what he wanted to do. So um, my dad's been very instrumental in, in my sister and brother's life. And then I have a stepbrother and then a half little sister who they're all supportive and have seen the abuse. And I got the brunt of it. Um, and I think that was resent, resentfulness because... Um, one, my mom was probably angry what happened to me and didn't know how to express it. Mm -hmm. And she was also angry my dad didn't marry her. Um, but that does it, you know, he's a great man. He just, she's a lot of work. And um, so, and I have some of those traits I'm working on still. Even people think psychologists are like so put together and I still have to like check myself, man. <laughs> yeah, that anger kind of, you know, it gets a hold of you. But, um, but yeah, I think we all have to understand where we come from and never forget that. And so this book is about, yeah, it starts off pretty intense with what happened because I feel like that's when not only did life change, that's where I, I, I kind of forget how I was before that. I, I remember that I was really good at, I've always been, I, I went on tour with La Biscuit, uh, in, in, not then, in my in my late teens and 20s, mm -hmm. because my mom didn't give a crap where I was. I was 17 going on tour with La Biscuit, like that's not normal, um, and, I, and I tried out, and my mom did hone in on the fact that I was good at dancing and singing. She honed in on that, and she did, whether it was to get rid of me, I don't know, but she was like, okay, this chick's got it, so I was literally danced to gymnastics I was probably only home from 7 to 10 and I was still alone so which is not normal um latchkey kids since I'm seven um but I think it's it's really important that people don't feel alone definitely the, the, to sum it all up <laughs> it's a lot uh there's exciting so if you want to know about Hollywood uh like I went to Virginia to see Johnny during the trial because he was kind of going through it he's been a friend of mine for years I worked the Viper Room as a schedule by the way there was 17 sometimes 18 of us before there were five <laughs> didn't start off as the Pussycatball group we were dancers we wrote burlesque dancers so I worked the Viper Room when he was there and he was so kind always and, and he found my townhouse on Hyper and, and uh, sorry hyper i am hyper um harper and sunset which is actually right below where he lived which i don't want to say that address but it's all over yeah. the news now but um yeah he's off sweetser um which is one street away but anyway he wanted me to be closer because i had two young children um he's a great person uh so i, I fred durst is gonna he's written in the book i'm gonna have some inlets in the book of just memories or just people proud of what i'm doing or you know um i think people i don't think i know people thought i'd be dead by now um <laughs> sounds really bad but i was really bad on heroin like really bad and uh and actually there's a there's a really bad uh pandemic in canada i believe well, it's, it's, the, it's the COVID is still happening here, but uh, no, I mean heroin. Like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, you know what? 
in Canada, you can actually go to stations and use, correct? Or you can go to like places and use. Yeah, they have something. they have sites here where you can uh, yeah. safe sites. But the other the the other drug that's really bad here is actually the fentanyl. The fentanyl is really bad. Yeah. My, uh, I, I have a brother. I have another brother whom I didn't know because I didn't grow up with my dad. Um, he actually died. Uh, he was, uh, he was addicted to crack and living in a shelter. And I guess he didn't know. I'm assuming he didn't know that somebody laced his crack with fentanyl. It just takes months with that drug. Yeah. And, and, and especially street value. And when my daughter had to get brain surgery, they let me go in while she had to be put down. No, that sounds bad. Uh, put to sleep. Um, but when I saw it start working on her and her eyes were on the back of her head, I I cried that when she lost her hair just because she was like, Mommy, put it back. You can do anything. You're my mommy, you know. But when I saw, I was like, how was I using this for recreation? And my daughter needs this to buy brain surgery. And I did, I cried for hours. Like I literally, I mean, like my head hurt for like days. Like I, I just, I, I was so selfish. And so I just didn't want to feel my own trauma. And um, I'm, I'm really blessed, you know, so far my children have absolutely no desire to use. Um, Lily wouldn't even take pain meds uh, three days after her brain surgery. She, she didn't want it. She didn't like it. She, she just didn't like the feeling. And I was like, what, you know, and, um, how I know it was better is I said, keep them in the house and see how I do. And I think they're still here and I haven't even thought about it. <laughs> it's just, it just changed me seeing my child almost die and knowing what that is really made for. And then it's put on the street and it's cut and all these other things and it's not monitored. I mean, an anesthesiologist was monitoring my daughter's heart rate every, you know, five seconds, literally. Hmm. And so imagine, you know, I passed out in bathrooms. I, I you know, I, I did once and I went to detox and I never used again. Um, I, I never wanted to die. I don't, I don't, I don't even know. I, I just was not, I, I I used, the first time I used heroin was with somebody very, very famous, and he is now gone, unfortunately. He's, uh, he died in 2007. I was in a movie with him. Can't, I can't really talk about much about it, but um, 10 Things I Hate About You, that's that's the clue. Um, and that's the first person I used heroin with. And when that type of person is so successful and huge home and all these things like oh and we just did a movie together and it's like oh I can do this too and I was actually quite functioning but I was also a mother and had to focus on that and I you know I think you can't juggle much on on dope I can juggle a thousand things sober (laughs) but on dope it's like I gotta choose one or the other and so I, I missed out on a lot of things um but Hollywood, and this is a question I get asked a lot, and I don't know if, it, if it's something I'm curious about, but Hollywood has a huge part in the choices I made. Um, absolutely. Um, not the trauma. The trauma happened before that. But things in Hollywood are very much accepted. Um, uh, the father of my first child would absolutely be in jail today. I mean, me too movement right he's so afraid this book's going to be the me too on, on him but you know the statute of limitations are <laughs> um but you know 
it wasn't even frowned upon back then. And um, my dad was so afraid that I had been through so much trauma, he didn't want me to have any more pain. So he was like, I'm there for you for whatever. Um, and my father was just learning how to be a dad, right? Mm -hmm. And he was trying really hard to give me space to grow. He is a musician. He was a drummer in the art first. He producer. He started the Rock Walk. I mean, he is, he is pretty much a rock star, kind of that, kind of, okay. I mean, my godfather's Eric Clapton and my other, like, kind of godfather, Stevie Wonder in Slash, never leaves me alone, always checking up <laughs> on me. So I have these people in my life who are just out of this world, wildly crazy, cool, and just, like, intensely intelligent and and just they've seen and done and and i've been so fortunate to be a part of their world and 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 then teach me so many things and i i also learned grew up in europe and traveled but there is something to be said about creatives right um the mind is so just wild and it's 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 like you know I have a tattoo on the back of my leg and it says you know it, my heart cannot be changed and it, it, it can't right? I mean why I don't want my heart to be changed that's <laughs> right I yeah I want to just keep learning keep growing right definitely I gotta ask before we run out of time what's the book process like when did you come up with uh, the idea to write the book and then how long did it take and and stuff like that. So I started the book in October. It was actually, Dr. Phil said, if you don't write a book, you probably will never feel fulfilled. <laughs> so I said, okay, Phil, <laughs> what Phil says goes. <laughs> um, and I just started, I've always been a writer. I've always journaled. I have boxes and boxes of journals. And funny thing is, I thought I would go back to them and like type them up and like go from them. I haven't even touched them. I've, I've looked at a few or whatever, if my toddler lets me. Otherwise, he throws them and wants to run them apart. But, but um, no, it is, um, I, I just kind of, I, I believe in, in God. And, and I just said, you know, if this one's supposed to do God, like, give it to me. And it just started coming out. And so I have nine chapters, and I'd like to have, actually, I have 13 um, but I have nine that I really like, and I think that I would like to make the 13, like, 11 and 12. I really want 12. For some reason, I like the number 12. <laughs> um, I would like 12 chapters. It's not going to be a huge book. I got signed to a three-book deal with Author House. I was with Clarkson Potter, which is actually a British company, and then I was with Random House, and Author House is a sister of, of Random House, and I went with them because... Um, I don't know, I just really liked the manager <laughs> that came with it, and uh, I liked the freedom, and um, it, yeah, there was so much that I had to hold back with the other publishers, and with Author House, I'm able to be me and be free. Um, I choose to edit, and my assistant, like, she's sitting right over there <laughs> editing. Um, but I am very OCD about things, and I need the editing. It's like, she's, she's laughing. It's like literally punctuation. Like, don't touch my words, okay? <laughs> <laughs> like, I write like I talk. I, I want you to feel like you're there. I want you, some of it you're going to cry, some of it you're going to laugh, some of it you're going to be like, oh, crap, that happened to you. Um, 
And so I was like, fine. I mean, there's going to be some Hollywood stuff, you know. I mean, Angelina's in it a little bit. Um, I'm careful with her. She's been through a lot with Brad. Um, it, you know, I got to be careful with certain things. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, the process, <laughs> it is... It is crazy. I mean, it's like one day you don't know what the heck you're doing, right? And you're just like, I'm just writing, and is anybody going to care? And and then I called my acting agent, and she's also a casting director, and she's like, oh, I know a literary agent. And she was like, oh, and by the way, I self-published a book. And I was like, um, you didn't tell me that. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, I just kind of just started snowballing, and then I just started getting phone calls. And... I, Author House isn't the biggest one, but it, it it's it's like record companies, right? Mm-hmm. And I know like Prince used to, you know, with this whole give me my freedom, you know, <laughs> think that it, they've all done this. Um, and my dad has a huge say in what I do. Like I, I, I value him so much in his opinion. And he said, go, it doesn't matter how big they are and what the name is. It matters that they let you tell your truth, right? Um, but yeah, one day I didn't know what the heck I was doing, and the next day I was getting phone calls, and my phone went shut up, and I wasn't always even answering the phone calls <laughs> because I was like, "What is this? What what is this area code? I, is this like a telemarketer?" <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so you just you never know. But what I, I do say is, go for it, because I'm going to tell you, October through March, I had no clue, and that was just like yesterday, right? I had no clue what I was doing. I was just writing and I was just, I, I was just believing. And I know people are like, oh, just good thoughts and manifestation, you know, and I get annoyed by that sometimes. <laughs> but it's just one day I said, if this is to be, let it be, because I'm getting tired, right? And I've been wanting to write a book. I was asked to write a book 12 years ago and I kind of blew it because I, was still in my addiction and I just thought, well, I blew it. I can't do it again, right? That is not true. That is not true. What you are supposed to do in life will come back around. It, it's, it's, I don't know, Christina's a good friend of mine, but it's like Christina Aguilar's tender song. If they, if, if they go and come back, they're yours, right? It's the same thing in life. You know, I thought it was over. I thought, oh, it, they offered it to me and I just turned them down. And, it might be 12 years later, but it's the right time. Absolutely. It's, it's timing. It's timing. And it does take work. But when you put that work in, and when you really put that work in, I promise you those phone calls start happening, podcasts start happening, people, I mean, just, it just, like, it just all comes, like, it's, it's wild. Just start. What I tell people is just start. Just start. Because after you start, the world is literally your oyster. You know what's going to happen, and that is the best part. Well, that is a hell of a book review. I can't wait to read this book. <laughs> it's what? It's, it's a wild life I had. But it, it'll be good. I hope you guys enjoy it. I hope everybody's listening, and I hope you enjoy it. Especially the ones I talk to personally. I hope you guys enjoy it. Because I am nervous, obviously. You know. I'm grateful, but I'm nervous. It's like <laughs> a, it right. it's like putting a piece of yourself for the whole world to see. I understand that now, doing the podcast, obviously yeah. not on the same level, yeah. but um, still, you know, it's like my thoughts and my opinions level. are. I I think it's the same level. <laughs> I, I do. I don't know. I think I, I think we're all the same level when we put ourselves out there. I think we're all the same. I, like I said, I couldn't do a podcast. <laughs> 
I don't know why we're any different, <laughs> you know? I think we're all the same level. We're doing what scares us, what makes us uncomfortable, and we do it anyway. Um, you emailed me, we emailed back, we figured out what to do. I mean, that's a lot of, that, that's work in itself, you know? <laughs> um, whatever it is you're meant to do, just start. Just start. If you, and, and someone at, at podcast the other day, they asked the question, Unbroken. I love, I love podcasts, Unbroken. Michael, he said, what is passion to you? Sorry. What is passion to you? And I said, it's that nagging feeling. It's that, I call it the God gut. It's like, if you don't do it, it's going to just drive you crazy. Like, you got to do it. You got to do it. You know? And if it has anything to do with helping others, it's definitely your destiny. It's definitely your purpose. That's how I felt about this podcast. I wanted to start yeah. it. Originally, it was a history podcast. And then we did a, a, an episode on... Um, uh, she's a, a teenager from BC uh, in the uh, somewhere in the early 2000s. So she took her own life. Her name was uh, Amanda Todd. Um, I heard that story. Okay. So we we did that, and then everything that has happened on this I, podcast. I love true crime, by the way, I love true crime. Yes, I'm obsessed we, with we've it. we've done some of some true crime, just like the stuff that was uh, national. Like I've covered OJ Simpson. I covered uh, Chris Watts. I'm going to be covering oh. more. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm studying to be a forensic psychologist right now, so I, I got all my hands on that one. <laughs> I'm going to be covering uh, more, but everything that has happened on this podcast has happened because of that first episode of uh, about Amanda Todd. My wife brought... <laughs> hey, that's... Hey, you don't start. That's uh, that's Austin, my, my dog. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so... My, my wife brought us, brought me that, uh, I hate to use the word, but case. And so we, we did it and like, it was, we got so much good feedback and we're like, we've got something here. So now, I love that. you know, oh, she, that, I love that she's helping. So you're, it's like a team effort between you guys. It's so great. Yeah. She's, uh, she basically, she's like my producer. She helps out with, uh, yeah, like my assistant sitting right there. She's like, always <laughs> like, yeah, getting through what I can't. Yeah. I love it. She no, she helps. They're the backbone. They're the backbone. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> she helps me find people, and then I reach out to them, and um, you know, she's really, really. I, I, she's the backbone. Yep, she's she, a badass. I couldn't do this without her. Uh, she is a badass. Yep. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for for coming on and 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 telling your story and and this Ooh. book. I keep going back to the. I can't wait I, I, to read this book. Yeah, and so let's keep in touch. And when you get a copy and you dive in, and no matter what you think, let's have a honest conversation about it. And you know what you think. I mean, there probably should have been some true crime in, in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, like there's a lot of things I survived that um, not many people do. Um, but. The good news is, is that we can, and we have the power to do anything. And I, I know that for a fact at this point. If I tell you a year ago, I didn't know where I was going anymore. I was, I was turning forty. I was lost, and now I'm with you. This book's coming out. I, I, I promise you, just start. Whatever it is that's nagging at you, just start. That's weird, you know. It's not going to be perfect at first. I'm turning forty next uh, in January. Oh, uh, oh, oh, Capricorn. No, no, Capricorn. Capricorn. Oh, 
Capricorn. My son's a Capricorn. January 7th. <laughs> When's For, your birthday? Uh, January 17th. Oh, no. <laughs> That's crazy. 7 7. My, my daughter is September 17th. <laughs> this, I need to go with the 7s, man. I'm the 27th of September, 17th, 7. I need to go with the 7s. <laughs> That's right. Three sevens, you know what that means. <laughs> yeah, completion, spiritual, yeah. Anyway, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. We're going to stay in touch. I'll send you the links to uh, uh, to the Instagram page I told you about. And uh, definitely, uh, you know, once I read the book, I'd love to have you back on and, and have that conversation. And uh, let me know if this, yeah, well, just I'll email you. <laughs> I'm so excited and I'm, I'm, I'm so glad you're doing what you love and it's just going to get better and better. <laughs> thank you so much again and uh, you have a great evening.